You're listening to You're United listening. Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. ProQ Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Mano Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out commandojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. I'm Dan and I'm here with my co-host Ben. Hello. And on today's show we've got Andy Stubbs from Low and Slow. Hi Andy, you alright? How you doing guys, you alright? Yeah, awesome, thanks. Thanks for coming on. We've been, I say this to like nearly every guest now, I'm sure everyone's sick of me hearing it, but it's like, We've been wanting to get you on for ages now, but genuinely, like I think over a year, we've been trying to speak to you about getting you on here. But you're just such a busy man, so yeah, finally, yeah, we've been chatting know. for a while, isn't it? So yeah, that's all good. Yeah, finally managed to get you on. We we saw you, we saw you almost ex- probably exactly a year ago. I reckon that we yeah. went to Digbeth Dining Club for the first time. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'd seen, and at that point, we'd been seeing your food yeah. for so long and like <laughs> hearing all about it. And it's like one of those that. It, I, I guess I sort of compare it to sort of Jason as well, like Jason and the Manchester Smokehouse. We, we, it's the other end of the flipping country for us, and we're yeah. like, I'm dying to go to that as well. And, and yeah. I always see all your <laughs> events, and, and you're doing stuff all the time. I look at your menus, I'm like, oh my god, I just. But it's just like it's like a seven hour drive for us, so it's like yeah, a bit, a bit of a hardcore barbecue <laughs> trip, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so tell us, tell us about about you and how you got into this in the first place, Andy. Okay, so. Um... I started cooking barbecue just for friends and family, really. Um, I used to get into Notting Hill Carnival all the time, religiously, um, and dance my weekend away and drink loads of brandy and just become a little bit obsessed with all the guys cooking on them big dirt pans and just masses of meat and smoke and fire and stuff. Um, and then where I used to live back in um, Staffordshire, there was, like, no Caribbean food or anything like that. So... We just started cooking it ourselves, just like started making jerk chicken and stuff and just firing up the barbecues and just kind of took it from there. Um, and then fast forward to four and a half years ago, I got made redundant from a factory job that I absolutely like detested, like couldn't stand that job at all, um, but didn't quite have the guts to break away from that job as it, well, just about made me a living. So I got made redundant. Um and then just kind of started cooking barbecue at home um, and took it from there. So the cool thing is, it's quite a lot of people that we talk to, their story begins with something like a bit of a shocker in, mm. in like a bit of a curveball in life like that actually inspires them to do something that they really want to do and sort of reinvent themselves almost, which is really cool in a way that, I know it sucks that people have these crap things in life, but life does throw curveballs, but it actually tends to be a lot of the people we speak to, their story sort of yeah, begins with like sort of a curveball. Yeah, and it's sort of like re like a rebirth of them in, in a different yeah. way and like changes their lives massively. And I think it's super Yeah, cool. completely, completely. Like I I've always kind of been a creative person. I, I DJ'd, um, did pirate radio for years, um always been into sort of art and 
skateboarding and just, I just always been a really creative person and kind of hated working for the man and sort of nine to five yeah. village mentality where people sort of. But have... it's hard though. It's hard when you got the bills to pay and, yeah. and that is it. And like, it's super like, I mean, I, I, me and Ben have like been, like we are in it yeah. and it's like yeah. so hard to make that decision to go. Quit it all and this do a is what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> when there's bills yeah. coming, there's a mortgage to pay or rent to pay. There's things you want to do. And like, it's hard to leave that nine to five job and, and take the risk. It's a huge risk. And I think sometimes it, it sort of that curve will help people go for it and chase their dreams, which yeah, is super cool. Yeah, it's like cool. a kick up the sort of kick up the backside kind of thing to get you motivated. I mean, when I, when I lost my job, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do and all that kind of stuff. So like, I had a lot of, I had a really, um, big support team from my um, girlfriend and my mom and my dad and close friends kind of thing. And, and, and at the time I was living at my mom's house as well. So I didn't have that kind of, well, I don't have sweet. children. I didn't have a mortgage that I had to pay. So it was kind of like, let's just do something. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a chance. Let's do something. I've got, I had nothing to lose basically. Do you know what I mean? I just sort of, I got a small little bank loan, bought myself a van, um, bought myself equipment then just every single we started off doing a pop-up in my mom's garage literally where all the lads from the local area just come around and we'd just sit on old batteries from cars and like old deck chairs from behind the shed and just eat pulled pork in the in the garage like kind of thing it's kind of like I, I was kind of i'm always i'm like a massive massive hip-hop fan and i just i love the fact that hip-hop originates from people selling cds at the back of the car and hustling and stuff yeah yeah and it's kind of like that that mentality kind Tell of. Tell me, Mel's garage. I was pulling pool pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as it's not as cool as New York City. I don't know. I don't know if like the dream is ever to have a restaurant where the street food is your is your thing, and like that is what you want to do. And I know that some they are very different things, in my opinion. And I think that some people. Uh, want to stick at this side and want to go to that side but if a restaurant ever is your end goal you've got to have that on your wall i could mm. just think that's brilliant like a, a mirror on the wall of you uh you selling pulled pork out of your mum's garage that would be sick yeah definitely definitely like obviously the end goal is um a restaurant we're, we're a million miles away from that at the moment but one day i'd like to see that happen definitely Ooh, step by step you're absolutely mm. smashing where where you are at the moment i mean i know you just won the the midlands uh street food uh, the, the the British street food competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm 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 over the moon. Like literally, going back to four years ago, I I just wanted to sort of go out there, make a few quid, sell some pork pork buns. I was doing like markets in the middle of the city. Yeah. Um. Um. And literally, like, sort of, as long as I could equal what I used to earn. The main thing for me was just literally be able to pay my way in life and just make people happy with my food and make myself happy by being happy cooking kind of thing that's that's what it is still about that for me just yeah. that that love of what i do and sort of that feeling of when you see people eat your food and bringing people together getting people talking about food and that's what food's about for me creating memories and bringing people together man. Yeah. that's a super cool way to look at it, you remove the pressure from yourself of being like i want to earn this much i need to earn this and uh, and then it just becomes all about the money and sort of chasing that profit but when you've got a passion about it and you keep that passion and that is what you're cooking for, then you're always going to be satisfied doing what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I see a lot of people that, I see the industry's changed a lot recently and there's a lot of people who are sort of sacrificing their products, um, scaling up their businesses so they can go and do the big festivals, chasing big money. And I, I just see the product getting watered down sometimes. And it's just like, I see the love of the food and the cooking go from people and, 
that that greed for money kind of thing takes over. But I just think that that that's not the route I could ever. I, I'd be selling my soul if I did that kind of thing. I, I love cooking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have bad days when I'm having to drive to the smokers and poking a stick in an old WSM that should have gone in the bin four years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. But the passion and and the people that back me and the people that sort of love my food is is what gets me up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And you do you do some cool stuff like at the pop ups. So you do like uh, sort of restaurant nights as well. So you do stuff with uh, I guess you team up with with local restaurants or or it's at pubs. You do one. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Now. You do one quite often. But uh, is that the sort of thing you'd envision your envisage your sort of restaurant being like, or would it be more like uh, what what is the vision for that? Um, we do a lot of pop ups. We, we've we've stopped doing pop ups for the summer now just because we're that busy and. Um, we're, in, we're kind of in between kitchens. Um, we'll switch on that, like the Kickstarter, what we're filling for later. But um, at the moment, we can't do any pop-ups just because we're so busy getting ready for our weekends. But um, my, my end goal, obviously, would be a restaurant one day. Um, and to kind of separate myself, when, when I go into a restaurant, it won't be a street food-esque restaurant as such. It'll, I'll continue to do my street food, but... When I when I come out of street food, I will I still always sell the same food that I've got, but I'll kind of refine it slightly. Um, I'm, I'm super inspired by Neil Rankin, what he's done with Temper, and Nud from Budo's Tacos. Then two guys are um, and yeah. Dave from Smokestack. I was in Smokestack yesterday, um, and the way they've taken their product from where they were, um, kept it as it, the raw essence of what they do, which is street food or barbecue food, but then kind of put it onto plates and giving customer nice drinks and just a nice environment to sit at kind of thing rather than people eating out of a sort of yeah, bamboo or as far as you know like I mean? just, street food goes though your your street food in itself is quite refined yeah, it's, i often like I to just say now say it like like quite inspires me that if it like it when i've done a couple of little bits street food wise i've done a couple of little markety sort of things but and like it's been like one of your men. Your menus is one of the menus that inspires me in in the sort of style that I want to do. It's a little bit different. It's it's a little bit more refined. It's it's uh, exploring flavors a little bit more and a, a little bit of sort of I don't know. Just in my opinion, it's just a little bit away from your run of the mill sort of. Yeah, we just mentioned menu. like pulled pork like quite a few times. You've been like, oh, it's pulled pork out of my garage. Pulled pork here, but like your menus far beyond just being just pulled. pork. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just I, I've got. I've got friends who I've got a, a good friend who's a um, head chef of a Michelin style restaurant here in Birmingham who inspires the hell out of me. I at his restaurant quite a lot. Um, and then again, going back to what Neil's done with PitQ and all, all them guys, what Dave's done is just kind of using them raw elements of like Texas um, barbecue, the same method, just meat, um, spices, and cooking over fire. But then. We live in England and we've got some amazing seasonal produce that I just can't sort of, I can't turn my eyes to. Do you know what I mean? I, I, at the moment, I've got some beautiful heritage tomatoes that I'm making salsas out of. I've got some beautiful mushrooms that we can use at the moment. Just whatever the earth kind of, that sounds really hippie-fied, doesn't it? The earth gives us my <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what I mean? Like, we've, we've got some beautiful ingredients, so why not yeah. use them? Use them American influences to cook the meat, which I don't want to, mess with i don't i don't want to change any of that kind of thing i, I might use slightly different spicing or you bring in a few french techniques like braises at the end which is a little bit different to the american style but then add them kind of like i'm heavily influenced by mexico kind of thing 
yeah. the, the real vibrancy of the sides and the salsas and the sour creams. Because like, this, this barbecue meat is so rich and so smoky that you need acidity and you need vibrance and lightness to cook through and to complement it. And it also looks really pretty kind of thing. I'm really into visual, yeah, like, yeah. how the food looks as well kind of thing. So I just think if you can use some of these beautiful British ingredients that we've got, it's just a, a marriage made in heaven kind I of mean, thing. Some of the pictures of the tomatoes you put, I just look at the mm. produce that you use, and I'm like, wow, they're, they're just amazing. And it is something that we all have access to. If you just take a look around, there's so many farms around, ev- wherever you are in the country, there's a farm exactly that's around that. you that's yeah, making yeah. amazing produce. And they're probably not... Yeah. In your in straight in your face because they're not like that. They're going to be in your markets. Check out your local food markets. Go to them sort of the weekend markets and check farm them shops. out. Farm shops and stuff, and you'll find some amazing. Yeah, produce. yeah. I think it's just about building relationships with suppliers and and going to like remembering like I always try to preach to people. Meat doesn't come from a styrofoam like packet in a supermarket, and yeah. vegetables don't have to be a perfect round shape from a supermarket kind of thing. Like go out there, eat out in restaurants, see what chefs are doing seasonally, and and just try and sort of use the best product. Again, it's not always about money. Obviously, we've got our GPs, we've got our margins and stuff, but you'd be surprised at how there's not much difference sometimes between going direct to a farm or a supplier and getting just some bog-standard imported tomatoes from God knows where, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love a salsa. I love to make it. I mean, diff- all different types of salsas, like sort of fruit salsas and stuff like that as well. But if if you were to just throw together a basic sort of recipe for the listeners that you would say would be like a perfect accompaniment to sort of barbecued meat in a sort of salsa way, how, what would you throw together there? As a salsa sort of yeah, thing, yeah, dead simple, man. Like what what I'm doing at the moment is just uh, if your raw ingredients are a beautiful and amazing anyway, or literally the best ingredients you can afford, just literally. Get a load of tomatoes, um, onions, bell peppers, and some garlic, and just get your fire going in your barbecue, and literally put the onion in the coals, and just roast them off in the skins, char all the outside of the tomatoes and the peppers, just get them nice and charred, and then just put the lid down on your barbecue, use it as an oven, and just roast them through, um, just so everything's nice and soft, and then just literally mush that up, chop it, blend it, do what you want with it, you season it with salt and pepper, Loads of lime juice, loads of fresh garlic, um, and coriander, and you got yourself a real fresh, beautiful salsa. Beautiful. Sounds lush. Just, every time we record a podcast, I end up so hungry afterwards. I have to go in and cook some. <laughs> but like, your food always does that to me. Though, like, I'd never had pig cheeks before, and I had pig cheek tacos from you at Digbuff, and that was it. Immediately go home to the butchers. Can I have pig cheeks? So like, well, I haven't got any now, but. We'll, we'll get you some for next yeah, week. Yeah, we, so we, we're, we're having a problem. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of having a problem at the moment. We can't get hold of as many pig cheeks as we physically need, kind of thing. That's probably so your I fault, think, like, that the is. Whole, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've started like a pig cheek revolution. You have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they just looked amazing. And like you said, like when we saw these pig cheek tacos with little micro herbs sprinkled on top and watching you put put it all together, like... You were you weren't just chucking it in there together. Yeah, you could you see were the passion, like putting it all together nicely, positioning it. Looked amazing. Yeah, like if, if you're, again, like if you're using such beautiful produce and you spend six hours cooking these pig cheeks, you don't want to like sort of lasso it onto the plate, do you? Do you know what I mean? Treat the ingredients. You, you spent a long time cooking it. These ingredients are beautiful. Just sort of the last couple of minutes to put it on the plate and make it look pretty and make it eat nice 
it's the last step in its journey, kind of just to do the, the food and what your time justice kind of thing. Definitely. And um, so when we we haven't really talked about like what you're cooking, you mentioned a WSM. Like what what is your cooking process? If you're like a Digbeth Dining Club, when are you starting your cook? What are you cooking on? At the moment, I'm cooking on um, the two um, large WSM, and I've got one drum BQ, um, the standard one that I've had for a few years, and then drum BQ have just built me. Um, I've got a sponsorship by them. They've just built me um, an offset smoker. So basically, I'm kind of just cooking on them four days a week um, and just blasting through kind of the, the pork shoulders will cook overnight. Um, pig cheeks will cook in the day and then we'll, we'll sort of bring them down and we'll fat pack them and then take them out to site. At the moment, some food's getting taken to site fresh. Um, as, as a lot of people know, in England, we don't have massive cookers. We can't literally, for me to take everything fresh to a, a site, for doing an event of a weekend, I'd be, I'd need an army of people and a smoker. I'd need all of Aaron Franklin smoking. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's, it, the reality is some of the food is, things like pig cheeks, we'll cook them, we'll, we'll braise them, and then we'll, we'll chill them down, and we'll vat pack them, um, vat pack them with some of their own stuff and stuff. So when we bring them back up to temperature nice and slow, they're just, they're eating just as well as they would um, off the smoker. The I, I did I did this the last time I did uh, like a cook I I did it all fresh and cooked to to basically on site but this time when I did it because I was doing two days on the trot and I wouldn't have had enough time to to do my second cook on the overnight yeah, for the next yeah. day so it, I did that I'd, I'd cooked beforehand and and back packed it and brought it back uh, back up at site and I actually thought that the product was amazing I actually was thinking it was almost maybe better than what it was fresh off. I don't I don't know why it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of like if, if, if you sort of fat pack it with, it with a load of sauce or whatever you're going to be yeah. serving it with, and you bring it up really slowly, it, you, you, you're not losing anything from yeah, that product. No. Kind of and thing. I was surprised. <laughs> I was worried going into it thinking, hmm. um, like <laughs> going against sort of maybe what I previously thought or said and stuff. And that's, yeah, and yeah, that's quite yeah. hard when you're doing something you're passionate about and... and it's quite a difficult decision yeah. to make when, when maybe it's not something that you have previously thought about or, or maybe previously thought bad of. And actually, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I did it, it was the product was I was more than happy with the product, so I was happy putting that out. And I think that's what's important is as long as you're happy with that product, then then it's because it's a bit of you. Like I felt like when whatever I was selling is sort of like a bit of your personality you're putting out. Oh, there. exactly that you. Yeah, it's, it's, as long as you're 100% happy. Yeah. If you're super critical like I am, certain kind of thing, like I would, I would rather if, if I cook something I'm not happy with, it'll go in the bin. So yeah. if I'm not, and, I, and I'm my worst critic, like literally, that's ask what I mean, myself like... and ask any of my, I'm never happy. Like yeah. even the people that I'm using, it's just crazy sick this week, and I'm just like, oh, I'm not happy with them, man. You know, I'm never yeah. like. It's very rare when I'm like, yeah, I nailed that crush, but. I, I just think that that's one of the reasons why maybe people enjoy what I do because yeah. I'm so critical and I, I, I'm not the best in the, by far, but I, I'm the best I can be, and that's all. I, do you know what I mean? I, that's yeah. as long as I'm the best Andy that I can be. That's all I can do. It's a journey, though, and if you were happy with your if you were happy with your product like a few years ago when you started, then where would you be now? You'd still be there doing the same thing. Like if you're critical about yourself and you're and you aren't ever happy, then it pushes you to get better. It pushes you to explore 
and, and get inspiration from other places and keep maybe developing what you're doing. And, and it might be that your product's the best in, in itself that it can be, but actually if you bring another element to it and maybe change things up, it could be it could morph into something even better again. So it's, it's we're constantly on a journey, and it's not like something can be. It's very hard to say this is the best that it could ever be. I mean, I, I could doubt yeah, you could I, ever I, do that. Yeah. But it's, it's sort yeah, of I like... Think the minute... Yeah, carry on. I, I think like the minute that you say that's it, I've nailed it, and and you that's it, you, you think you're just you've gone thing. These, I think that's the day that you kind of die as a as a chef kind of thing. Cause yeah, every, every chef I know and every I study like I, I watch so many um, cooking programs and read so many books and stuff. And I, everybody who inspires me as a chef is like always talks about how you're forever learning and ever evolving, always looking to other people for advice and just inspiration from people and yeah. just things like that. You posted the other day, your, your, uh, I think it was like the four cookbooks and I showed, I showed uh, Ben and, and I actually ordered two of them. Mm. Uh, it was, I've got Neil's already and uh, it was Neil's Low and Slow and it was uh, Bredo's Tacos, which I've ordered that one and I ordered the pickled one and it was, uh, the last one was the book that I borrowed from you and did a swapsies with you. What was that? Uh, pick You. Pick You. Wasn't it his Pick You as well? Was that the last one? Pick, pick is like my Bible kind of yeah, thing. Like, yeah. You posted a yeah. picture of like your four inspirational books. Yeah, it was yeah, pick yeah, you, Bredos, yeah. Pickled and uh, Neil Rankins. And yeah. I, uh, the only two yeah, I didn't yeah. have from that I ordered from your picture. I thought, yeah, cool, I'm going to order those. And I went online. And do you know when you can like read a snippet of a book before you order it? I did that. And just in Bredos one, I was just like looking for you. I was like, yeah, got all of that. So you just ordered yeah, it straight I away. Like it taco was, one as well. Yeah, yeah so. the, <laughs> the, the Pick You book was like kind of my first sort of insight to British kind of barbecue again. What Neil and Tom and that did was uh, like using them American techniques, but then seasonal stuff was just—it kind of blew my mind. And this sort of, I was like, this is where this, this is what I want to be doing. And kind of like, I've always been really wary of copying people because like I, I hate people that copy. That sounds really harsh, just not hate people. But I, I think in life, if if you're inspired by somebody, as long as you show recognition and you name check them, I've, I've always said that like. He's inspired me. They've inspired me. And I think as long as you only put your own twist on something and sort of pay your dues to who's inspired you, I think that's all good. It's just it's when people blatantly just steal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're in a world now these days where it's really quite hard to be completely unique, and you've got to. I mean, yeah, for real. Like, the yeah, way yeah, that you yeah. develop stuff is by trying. I mean, like some of the best food I've ever cooked is because I've been away here or been and visit this person and tried their food or tried this and then gone back and tried to recreate it yourself. But being a, I'm not saying I'm a proper cook or being a proper cook, I'm just going to say this statement. Like you never do something like exactly how the book says it to you anyway. You always want to put your own spin on it. You always want to try something exactly that. a yeah, little bit yeah, different. Yeah. And then I think that it becomes, it then morphs apart, like it becomes yours in itself then as well. But, but yeah, you drew the inspiration from something. Mm. But that's what we yeah. always do. That's what all food is. Everything we always cook is, it's probably been done in, in one sort of way or another by someone else. But it's all about drawing inspiration and, it, and it's that sort of collaborative cooking which is making like the food scene so amazing at the minute, I think. I find sometimes you can't even remember even maybe if you have seen it before, you maybe like, I've made something kind of like, I think I've come up with something amazing and new here yeah, and then you suddenly go really oh right <laughs> yeah. oh, that's been doing yeah, it for I, years I, 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 I did um, a salsa and uh, I, like I said I, did, I read so many books and stuff and I did this sort of burnt pineapple salsa and then I realised that a Christian it was in his um, in his book yeah. and I was, I was just like 
I was like, oh man, I've stole Christian's soul at the moment. But Christian's a friend of mine and Christian's really cool. And he's always, again, he's another one who inspires me. So I think we all inspire each other kind of thing. And like I say, I, I name check all of them guys as friends and inspirations yeah. to me. Yeah. So Chris, I'm sure Chris, they're not going to beat me up. <laughs> yeah. Christian's a, a massive advocate for that himself. Like nearly every video he ever does, he talks about like, where he's got the inspiration for what he's putting out now like most of his stuff's always got a good backstory as to like somewhere or a deep recipe from a family or somewhere that he's yeah i think that makes it really interesting and cool as well doesn't it there's a story and inspiration behind it rather than just pretending that you've invented it yourself or or that's what ben normally does yeah, but I, I'm a big deal, so I can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, it's normally so pants that no one wants to claim it anyway. So. <laughs> I've gone viral. I haven't. <laughs> Just you need viral, some medication so. for that. Uh, there's there's some super exciting news. Obviously, uh, if you follow Andy on on social media, you would have seen him post some stuff yesterday uh, or over the weekend about some exciting news and stuff that's coming up. And do you want to share with us what 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 that is and and uh, and what it's all about? Yeah, yeah. So um, yesterday we announced, well, we announced it a few weeks ago. Um, it's been a long time coming that we're going to be doing a Kickstarter campaign. Um, so basically, I need to raise £40,000. Um, as I said, we kind of, we, we use different kitchens around the city. We started off in my mom's garage, then we bought a shed in my mom's um, garden. We got shut down by the council um, because some uh, some of the neighbours didn't like the smell of the barbecue cooking. So we got um, we got told we couldn't cook there anymore. So then we moved into Birmingham city centre. Can I just jump in now? The smell of barbecue. One second. Mm. Remember where you are, mm. because I don't want to throw you off. But do you know what I saw the other day? Tom Ford's released a smell, and it's like odour wood. Really? Yeah, and I'm like, I so want to go inside it because I wonder if it is like, like a smoky I've sort of wood smell. Soda smell. And I'm like, what? So he's now <laughs> bottling up what we what we created, and now yeah, he's well, like I, selling I it. Like, I, I try to get rid of that smell every day when I get home from work. Yeah. Kind of he's whacked Tom Ford on it. It's going to go for a hundred pound a bottle. Damn it, we missed it. Sorry, bro. You, you continue. Know what? I, might, I, might, I might make my own aftershave, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back, so. Um, when I do this Kickstarter, um, we need to raise 40,000 pounds. I got presented, um, I, I got sort of told about a smoker that was for sale um, from a guy who had this big old hickory smoker who has um, decided to move back to America. So I've been looking for a while and contemplating which smoker I need to get um, for me to move forward. Obviously, the Webbers are just they're amazing cookers, but they're backyard cookers and they were never designed for, to run a business on kind of thing. So... I got the opportunity for this smoker, um, which was way more. This smoker's like um, coming in just under £10,000. So this smoker's just sort of way, the, the business just doesn't have that sort of cash flow and or money in, in it for me to be able to afford something like that. And then we're in between, we're kind of, sometimes we're cooking my back garden, sometimes we're cooking a, a factory down the road. We kind of, we don't have a place that we can call home for the business. Um, it's quite hard for us to find somewhere because of the smoke and stuff like that. So we can't really just rent kitchens. So we came up with the idea we'd get a shipping container in um, a, plate, uh, like a pot of land that we've been um, given kind of things that we can rent. Um, so we can build a shipping container kitchen and open kind of like a barbecue school. So oh, we cool. keep starting for the £40,000 to get the shipping container, to get this old hickory smoker 
and then I can have a base so I can cook from to go out to my events. This smoker will, to put it into perspective, can't get my words out today, I can cook 20 racks of ribs on my two Webers. On this new smoker, I can cook 90 racks of ribs. So um, it's, a, it's a game changer. Like I can cook. I went down to look at um, Dave's uh, smokestack yesterday, and I, he, he opened it up and had a whole pig in this small command. I was just like, yeah. "Wow!" But like, I need to cook whole pigs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. Um, if we can, if we can get this funding, we can open um, this kitchen. We can sort of do barbecue classes and teach people. We can produce sauce for sale. I can employ more staff. So it's just basically the only way that my business now can move forward towards the future kind of thing. Yeah, so it's not just like a crowdfunding for one thing. It's sort of like an amalgamation of of the p- potential future of so many different things that can come from uh, low and slow barbecue, you guys. So that's that's super exciting. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I say, for me, a lot of the time my battle is I, before my day starts, I've got to drive somewhere and set up a kitchen, get deliveries in somewhere. So, so for me... And that does, we were talking about passion earlier, that eats away at my passion sometimes because all I want to do is go to work and do what I love doing. But when you've got to battle against things that most people already have in place, it kind yeah. of gets you down and it's just like, just let me do what I, I need to do, what I want yeah. to do. Kind of thing. Stuff so, you don't need to worry about, like mm. things you don't need to worry about can be put into place so you don't have to and then you can just concentrate on, on what's important and that is your passion for food, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel that's the only way for me to progress. I, I want to be more experimental. I want to sort of add new dishes to my menus and stuff. And at the moment, that kind of, I have to sacrifice, although I have quite large menus and different specials on each week, I want to, that's just the beginning of where I want to do kind of, I've got a book of ideas and salsas, sauces, all these different things that yeah. I want to do. And having this base kitchen so I can just go to work, even if I have to spend all, all night at this kitchen cooking, it's just me going to work, getting on with my daily things, letting Don and my partner get on with the admin side of the business and all of that stuff, and just doing day-to-day things at the moment which should be normal, which aren't, unfortunately. Yeah, but that's something that, I mean, crowdfunding is, is, is amazing, and it's it's annoying sometimes when you see some, like, the crap projects get funding, like, you think, like, that cr- that project's, like, just crap, really, but it is the beauty of crowdfunding yeah. is that people get to, like, get a chance to put it out there, and I'm like, whoa, and you, you are the real deal, and if anyone deserves funding, let's everyone get behind Andy and, and get in there, and, and this is like a real thing that's worth crowdfunding, get behind it, invest some money, and, and help this guy out, definitely. I know you're not live yet with Andy, but can you give us any like previews as the sort of uh, rewards people can be expecting from the project? Yeah, 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 we've got some, like, like I, I sat down and spoke with a few friends and stuff the other night, um, and I'm so excited about some of the We've got um, Marco, I can't pronounce his second name. He's going to be Orange Butcher, basically. Um, everybody knows him. He's a legend yeah. in the barbecue scene. Um, so he's become a good friend of mine. He's helped me out over the years with um, sourcing some of the best meat in the country and from America and Australia. So he's going to come down with me um, and we're going to do a, a barbecue butchery masterclass. So when I've got this shipping container, people can come down and do like sort of I don't know whether it'll be a day or half a day, but sort of five, six hours where me and Marco will break down a pig into like ribs and shoulders. We'll do different cuts, maybe specifically if people want to learn certain things. We'll break down some, uh, some animals so you know how to get your meat prepared. 
Um, awesome. so we've got a really cool. That, that's a, I think that's a really exciting thing for people to come and yeah. do. You know? Me and Ben have often said that we we wanted to do one before. Yeah. Like we've looked at them and looked at them and looked at them. So that, it's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's something I'm really excited about. And I've got Matt from Oxford Charcoal. Um, he's going to come down and he's going to do some cooking with me, and we're going to talk about like sourcing British charcoal and using ethical charcoal and. Oh, do you know what I mean? A British product. I was using some real terrible charcoal before, and then I switched to using Oxford product, and it's completely changed my the way I cook. Um, and I'm just super happy with knowing where my charcoal comes from, and that yeah. I'm not tearing down trees and destroying forests, God knows where. Yeah. Um, so that's another really cool. Something I'm super passionate about, um, especially this year. Now I've got to know Matt as well, and Matt's a craftsman and what yeah. he does kind of himself. So you know what you're getting from Matt, him is going to be the best it could possibly be. Yeah, yeah. Like and the he, charcoal and genius. He, yeah, he's he, like, I, I literally, I, he was born, fired out of a cannon, that guy was like, he, he, when you see him, he's got like that mad hair, face is all sort of and stuff and he's just like, he's, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. I yeah, really like Matt imagine. and really enjoy sort of helping them with their business by just spreading the word of their charcoal. So yeah, that's definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, really cool sort of reward. Um, I've got, I spoke about my friend, um, the chef friend, Nathan Eads, who's head chef of Michelin star restaurant Simpsons here in Birmingham. Cool. Um, we've been looking at doing a collaboration for years. So he's come on board and he said that he'll come and cook. Um, we're going to do kind of like a banquet kind of thing. So what I imagine in my head is when I've got this shipping container, maybe next summer, we've got like loads of big, like, trestle tables and everyone sits down and we cook like whole pigs and just loads of really cool sides bringing in some of the elements from his sort of classical french training and stuff then combining that with the barbecue i think that's a really cool sort of Sounds prize. Awesome. Um, prize isn't the right word it's a reward isn't it but uh, yeah. yeah so uh, other, other things we've got we've got some exclusive t-shirts i've got um, a graffiti artist in uh, west london who's a massive sort of inspiration to me he's designed um a really cool logo and a little character that we're going to put on a T-shirt for people. Um, I've got some different sources that I'm going to be um, sending out to people. I'm going to be doing... Uh, I've never done a burger pop-up, um, and I love a good burger. So I'm going to be drying some um, beef for 100 days and doing a one-off 100-portion um, burger pop-up, which will be... Um, people can obviously get a ticket for that from back in the funding. It's just awesome and in itself, so, like, just the rewards. I mean, I think, like... You can just see that there's been a lot of thought going into these as well. Like it's not just throwing in a few things yeah, that you're already doing. You're actually like really just investing yourself in the rewards as well, which is awesome. I think it's got to be because I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not asking for a small amount. I need forty thousand pounds is a lot of money, kind of thing. So I just feel as if I've had such support from like the barbecue community and Birmingham itself and stuff. So I just thought like if I'm going to ask for this money, let me let me reward people in a way that I can with just the coolest stuff, kind of different stuff kind of thing. You see these run-of-the-mill things like come and get two meals and a Diet Coke or three meals and a, and a pint or stuff. So there will be food vouchers and there will be stuff like that. I'm going to throw in some um, some wedding packages. So if somebody wants to hire me for a wedding, that's a way that they can do it and stuff like that. But just some really cool stuff that, if it, again, going back to if it excites me, it's going to hopefully excite everybody else. Amazing. It's exciting me. Yeah, exciting <laughs> me already as well. <laughs> awesome. Cool. And this weekend coming up, we're all at Grillstock. We'll see you there. I'll get to eat some more of your lush food again and everyone else can sample some more as well. 
Yeah, definitely. It's always like um, the big weekend on our calendar kind of thing. We don't do a lot of big events due to like me not being able to cook that much food. But um, this smoker that I spoke about um, that we're going to be funding for, the guy has kind of let me... He said to me, you can take it down to Grillstock this weekend. I want I want everybody to come out of the weekend and come and see this smoker that I've already named. I've, I've named it Kanye already. <laughs> kind of, I've, I've got a bit of a, like, a, a relationship with this smoker already kind of thing. It, it, quite, it scares me that... So if we don't in, invest, fine. guys, we're like breaking up like yeah. a relationship here as well. So we've got to get behind <laughs> yeah. it, guys. It's our, if if yeah. not, we have to live with the fact we've broken up a... A love, a romance between a man and his barbecue. So you know, and that's a terrible <laughs> yeah. thing to have on our conscience. So let's get behind it. That's another reason to get behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're taking we're taking the um, the new smoker down um, to Gloucester in Bristol this weekend, um, which I'm really excited about getting my hands on. And I've never cooked on anything as big as that in my life. So it's kind of it's really scary, but it's kind of that whole sort of nervous energy kind of thing is what I thrive off. I could also probably tell you different, but um, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, when I'm stressing it, no, but um, yeah, it's going to be all good. We're going to get down to Bristol um, early Friday morning. We're going to get set up, ready for Saturday. I'm just going to camp out all night. I'm, I'm taking like hundreds of racks of ribs down with me. We're going to be cooking pork shoulders. We've got kilos of pig cheek tacos we're going to be doing. I'm going to have um, I'm going to have the drum queue on, so we're going to be doing some uh, bevet, um tacos, a few beef ribs, um, some chili cheese fries. We, we're just going to have kind of like an evolving menu. We're going to have some core items that are on all weekend, and then we're just going to, as and when dishes come out of the smoker, we're just going to chuck a special on for a couple of hours until it's sold out. Awesome. awesome. I love that sound. That's so good. Yeah. I need the to get one. there soon, though, because I want to get some pig cheeks before they <laughs> run out. <laughs> the Bavette one, do you cook that to order on, on, on every single one? That must be a difficult one to do. Yeah, it's, again, stupidly, it's a new item. I, um, for the British Food Feed Awards last week, I did an 11-hour round trip to drive down to see Nathan Mills, um, yeah, known as Nathan, Nathan the Butcher, yeah, um, cool. in, in London. Um, I've, I've always been a, a bit of a super fan of that guy. I just think he's, his kind of ethics, the way he sources me, um, and the, the way he dry ages it, and the way he treats his produce is yeah. really inspiring. So I kind of got on the phone, um I was talking to Keith Burrows again. Barbecue, everybody knows Keith. He's a legend. And <laughs> um, I mean, you kind of I get like kip off from butchers. I've got certain breeds of beef in, which is quite funny, really. Um, so I found Nathan, and he had this white park um, beef in um, that was from a nine-year-old cow, which is what the Spanish were doing, kind of thing, using all the cows to dry yeah. for forty-five days. So yeah. Um, I'm rambling on again, aren't I? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I drove down, basically, I, I drove down to London, did this 11-hour round trip um, to buy this amazing beef, and we just sort of cut this bevet to order in a taco, um, super rare, just in a fresh homemade tortilla, a little um, crema, which is a homemade um, sour cream that we make, a little bit of like, uh, it's like a green sauce, like a chimichurri kind of thing, but just some herbs and some really good olive oil, some garlic and some lime juice. So that's what I've got some... I haven't got any of that bevet for this weekend, so don't get too excited about that. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've got some really I've got some really good um, some bevet from a local um, butcher that we're going to be doing. Um, so that will, yeah, that'll be cooked to order, which, again, will just be not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, but yeah. especially with everything else going on. <laughs> life isn't easy, is it, man? Yeah, that's what people <laughs> don't appreciate, though, again, at the same time. Like, to put on a menu like that, the the intricacies and like everything coming together on a menu like that i think until you do something like give it a try and go out and do like a street food thing i think like when i did my first one like it massively 
opened my eyes to because again like I wanted to do everything in a particular way and, and like I was passionate about what I was doing and I really wanted to put out I would only put out something I was like stoked with so it's just so like all those elements and then like on top of that like everyone's just got to imagine like the 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 I don't know it's just like a beast in itself mm. just like even just it doing all of that really stuff. hard like I, I don't come from any sort of um I'm, I'm like a self-taught sort of cook I, I've never uh, until four years ago I'd never even stepped foot in a, a restaurant kitchen kind of thing so yeah. I when I first started getting busy and how I handle how I run my service I had um friends who were chefs coming and it's just like you need to refine it, you need to strip it back, you need to sort of delegate, like sort yeah. of delegate your staff and your chefs to like give people jobs kind of thing. Because at first we were just running around in circles, bumping into each other and just like, one of, we'd take it in turns to cry behind the gas, but oh, because we couldn't deal with the kids <laughs> and stuff. And, like, I'd be like, I've, I've had a cry for 10 minutes, she's going to have a cry and then we'll get some more meat. fun. It literally was like that. Like, but, um, so if you see Andy behind his stool with his head, head in yeah, his hands, yeah, just leave yeah. him to cry. I, I don't, just, don't disturb us this time. <laughs> it's his 10 yeah. minutes. Don't ruin it. I, I kind of don't cry as much anymore. And I, kind of, like, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just, yeah, we, we, we've got our service down there. Like, grill stuff's going to be, we, we know what we're doing this weekend. So we, we're ready. We're ready for the crowds. We're ready to serve everybody. Get the food. I mean, it's not fast food what we do. Although, We've got all our, we do all of our prep and we've got our meat in the Bay Marines and stuff. It's still never going to be fast food as in like instantly kind of thing. But we're ready. We've got a good team of us. We're, we're in the best place we've ever been. Everyone's happy. Well, it's hardly ever a big wait and it's definitely worth the wait. Yeah. So, I mean, get over there, check them out. I mean, you guys are one of the highlights I'm looking forward to of the weekend. So, I mean, and, and that's something to say, especially when you've got so much going on. I can't wait to come and try some of the food you can have on offer. So, guys, check them out 100%. I would definitely not leave the weekend without going over and eating some of the food from there. And once you go, if I were you, maybe go like uh, go early Saturday and then you've got plenty of time to go back. Because I know that if you yeah. leave it till Sunday when you're going to leave, you're going to regret not going there at least twice during the festival. <laughs> that new big smoker will be able to fit both of you behind it crying so you'll be fine as well <laughs> yeah, yeah I've got so much room to cry this week <laughs> I'm going to have a crowd of people now where you can see me cry yeah. I'm going to be smiles all weekend man. it's going to be all blues <laughs> cool and the last thing to mention is probably the fact that you're going to be at Meetopia as well yeah definitely um, again Meetopia was something that I've always sort of it was one of my main I really wanted to cook there kind of thing. For me, it's the, the sort of one of the best meat events in the country, if not the world kind of thing. The, the, the amount of chefs that cook there and the, the people and the things I've seen there have been amazing. So when I got the phone call this year asking me if um, I'd like to be a part of it, I was pretty emotional, really sort of really proud of myself, really sort of it was a big achievement for me to get asked. Um, but on the Saturday, there's like little old me alongside Andre DeLuca, who again everybody knows is a massive, massive inspiration and friend to me, kind of thing. Then you've got Nathan Outlaw, Arthur Lange, all sorts of like millions and millions of like cool people. So yeah, super, um, super pleased to be invited to cook there this year. Well, there you yeah. are. There you can see where you are now. That's the level you're at. Yep, scary spot. I <laughs> 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 see Nathan's from down here, so he's a huge inspiration for both of us. And I mean, mm. some of the stuff he does is, is an absolute 
is is amazing. Yeah. So so yeah, so that's a super super awesome lineup, and it mm. always is at Metopia. Yeah, I mean, not to like no one event is is better than any other event, but again, Metopia is like different in what it is, and it's it's its own beast, and it is amazing, and and that is awesome. You're part of it, and alongside rubbing your shoulders with some of the best chefs in the country and in the world. So so congratulations, bro. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks for finally getting on the show with us, mate. It's been an awesome time chatting with you. We've gone way over our our usual standard because we're uh, enjoying ourselves it, way too I much. I can talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we could yeah, still yeah, carry on. Yeah, but, uh, definitely could. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, carry, let's just carry on over a beer at the weekend at Grillstar. Yeah, Perfect. Sweet. Definitely do Can that. tears be shed as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come, and have, come and have a crow with me behind the smoke. <laughs> that, that's just me enjoying your pick tacos too much. <laughs> <laughs> Crying with happiness. I love these tacos. Cool. Could you... um? Just before you go, just tell everyone where they can find you on social media. And, and where they'll see the uh, crowdfunding and stuff like that. Um, okay, so Twitter. Um, do you know what? I don't even know what my Twitter is off the top of my head. Um, find it's it. at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I, Instagram and Twitter is the main two um, platforms that I'm yeah. really active on kind of thing. Um, within two weeks, if not sooner, we'll have that um, Kickstarter page live. Um, Instagram, just loads of food pictures and just me. Instagrams, and Andy underscore low underscore and which is the letter N <laughs> underscore slow, so low and slow. And so Andy underscore low underscore N underscore slow. Yeah. And on Twitter, so you yeah, just, just Andy say, low and slow. It's hard to say it. <laughs> it's hard to say when you're not low, going low and slow. <laughs> low and slow. Low and slow. And also just whack low and slow into Facebook and you come up as the top result, as we would expect. Yeah. Yeah, all the, all the everything that I do on social media, kind of thing, I love interacting with everybody. Yeah, so just follow me on there and um, come and say hello at the weekend at Grillstock and come and meet Kanye. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, awesome bro. Thank you, you very cool. much. See you see, see the weekend. Thank you guys. Yeah, Cheers, bit, bro. Bye. See you the weekend, lads. Cheers. Bye. Bye. You're listening to your United Q podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Barbecue Gourmet, Kamado Joe, and Smoke with Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ provide quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. Barbecue Gourmet, supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning rubs, sauces, marinades, and accessories from the US and around the world. You can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. Kamado Joe is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Check out kamadojoe.co.uk plus Facebook and Twitter. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. Whether it's smoking wood chunks, dust, chips, or planks, you can find them at smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at smokewoodshack.